should we bring up our storied past uh, with Wally now or after the after the intro? What's what storied past? That you that you are silly and don't think this movie is oh amazing. Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, we can. Bring, I feel like that's a first impression thing. <laughs> okay, we'll get into it later. Okay. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Afterthoughts. This is a podcast where we rewatch movies and compare our first and second impressions of those movies, as well as discuss a related topic. Uh, my name is Joshua Kazemi, and I'm here with my co-host Cole, the Coleman Taylor Thomas. Hello. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for sad today. Why? Because <laughs> this movie's so sad. No, it isn't. And pathetic and stupid. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> This this uh, uh we're we're in for a crazy episode. This week we're talking about Wally from 2008, Time Magazine's Movie of the Year. <laughs> movie oh of boy, the year. what a joke! <laughs> Jeez, all right, you know what? Let's just go. I, I want to get to the point as as fast as we can before yeah. we dive in to our first impressions. Coleman's going to take us through the plot of Wally. All right, so the plot. Uh, Earth's been overrun with trash because we're terrible human beings and have just been super wasteful and self-centered and all those things. So we've gone to space and left these Wally robots behind to clean up our mess. And once they've cleaned it all up, we can come back. So it opens with just Wally pretty much cleaning up Earth by himself. All the other Wally robots are they're done for. And Another robot called Eve comes back to Earth to check if there's any living plants or anything left. And she's checking around. She can't find anything. But she finds Wally. Or Wally finds her. Or kind of both. And they start hanging out in robot ways, I guess. And <laughs> robot uh, and Wally's like a very human robot. Wants to uh, find love as a robot, I guess. Mm-hmm. At least hold her hand. I know that much. And... Uh, but in the midst of their romantic robot shenanigans, she finds a potted plant that Wally found earlier and it like sets off her sensor and then it calls back the ship that brought her and she gets taken back to the main ship that all the humans are on to tell them, Hey, there's plants. We got to go back to earth. And Wally goes with her as like a stowaway on the ship she's on and the captain apparently of the ship now they've been gone so long that he didn't even know really anything about earth or what was left there they've just been living on the ship now and they're all overweight because they sit on these floating chairs and just eat and look at screens all day i guess it's a commentary on real life i don't know but (laughs) um yeah and so the captain's thinking about going back but suddenly the plant's missing and there seems to be a conspiracy behind it We don't, and you know, it's like, oh, what's going on? And the story unfolds, and it's about whether or not they go back to Earth, or, and will Wally find Eve on this ship again because she keeps getting taken away? Who knows, you know? Who knows? That's the plot. Ah, At least that's where I'll stop. Yeah. Good, 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 very good. Very good movie, very good plot. Uh, summary all, all around good uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> i saw this opening weekend was very excited for it 
this was at a time where Pixar could do no wrong. You know, every movie was a big deal and it was exciting. So solid opening weekend. So wait, was this before Cars? Is that what we're saying? No, it was after Cars. Everyone oh, well, was, then everyone was Pixar like Pixar could do wrong. <laughs> no, but okay, at the time before Cars 2, it was like Cars is okay. It's not terrible. Yeah, well, I feel like in retrospect people have ever. have have talked down Cars 1, but at the time it was just like, yeah, Cars, that's fine. No, but cars after Cars terrible. it was Ratatouille and then Wally. Ugh. anyways. I I loved it. It was it's probably my favorite movie from 2008. Course. It's, I, I it just I enjoyed everything about it, and I was so just impressed that Pixar could do this. Not only make another great movie, but do something really different uh, from from all of the work they'd done before. You know, mostly no dialogue in the first what first half of the movie is very little dialogue. The camera tells the story; it's very visual. There's a lot of impressive. There's just a lot of impressive filmmaking in this movie that I was blown away by that you don't necessarily expect from a G rated quote unquote kids movie. Like this felt like impressive, sophisticated stories or a movie even for Pixar. I've always loved this movie. I wrote papers on this movie in college (laughs) on like several, you know, of course you did. Love this movie. I could go on. (laughs) You picked an animated movie to do papers on. Come on. Be more, be more highbrow. Let's be real. No, Animated movies wrote, aren't movies. <laughs> I wrote about its score. I wrote about its cinematography, its storytelling. Several papers. Really, I did. <laughs> well, while I was joking about what I said about animated films, I saw this movie. <laughs> when we went on a trip to Florida, we were just like there and we're, the group I was with was like, hey, let's just go see Wally. So we went, saw Wally, and it's not that I hated it. I was just <laughs> underwhelmed. Severely okay. underwhelmed by anything else that Pixar had been put out. I was just like, that's it. That's all to this movie. Oh, man. I know. There just wasn't a lot of talking in the beginning. And then they got to back to the ship. And I think I was kind of just freaked out that there were humans at all in this movie. And that earlier they were real humans. And now they're very much like 3D animated humans. Right. And it was just a weird movie to me. I remember thinking, this is weird. Mm-hmm. But that was all I really thought. I just, I mean, it was in high school. I remember that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Have you seen it sure. since? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> that was Interesting. it. Yeah. That was the only time. And I don't know. It, again, it's not that I hated it. It's still a Pixar movie. It's just that I was never blown away. Never really. I never even really thought it was that good either. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. It didn't fascinate me like it fascinated most people. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this several times. <laughs> of course. You and have. I remember in high school, uh, the release date of the DVD, I took the BART down to the mall in San Francisco and I bought a copy on the day it came out and I still have that copy. That's the one I watched this week. Well, I love this movie. And I, I probably had very, I, I had no doubts that this would hold up. I knew it would. Uh, uh, well, that's what I thought before I rewatched it. Um, you know, it'd be awesome did, if it didn't. <laughs> what did you? What did you think? I ex- this is the first time you're watching it since high school. I expected it to be the same, honestly. Wow, I know. Very interesting. How did you feel? I remember people who didn't like Wally would always make the comment of like they just couldn't connect two robots falling in love. Was that an issue for you? Mm, I don't think so. 
Okay. Good. Good for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that never bothered me. I love how, like, hopelessly romantic it is. You know, uh, uh, uh. I, I think it's just into... that it's robots in general. You know, boring. Come on. <laughs> it's not It's not robots falling in love. That's fine. Fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Just two robots on Earth, though. Come on. So, so, so none of none of the like, the, you it's unique was unique to Pixar at the time for sure. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was like shot, it looks like it was shot on film, and it, and the cinematography of the movie looks like an actual movie. None of that like impressed you at all. No, especially not in high school for sure. <laughs> oh, this okay. You know what? This movie looks like it was shot on film. Super impressed. It's just now. like. There are literally parts of the movie where, like, a, the subject goes out of focus, the camera readjusts, refocuses, and zooms in. Like, you know, mostly when they're on Earth. But it's like th- this animated camera is acting like a real camera. And I was like, whoa, Pixar's doing that. That's cool. Yeah. Wouldn't have noticed in high school. Wouldn't have cared. <laughs> Barely even noticed now. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> Oh I feel like okay. you go to film school just to learn how to appreciate film, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it helps. I mean, it helps for sure. I mean, so, like, so, some people, it like ruins it for them. That is not the case for me. I just appreciate everything more. Yeah. I just think it's, I think it's so funny. Like, you don't really notice those things, not going to film school. But then you go to film school, learn about those things, and now you're like, oh. I appreciate well, that. The, the point is, like, for people who, who don't know the vocabulary or how things are done, all of those decisions, the things that I appreciate, they're supposed to affect the viewer subconsciously, yeah. add to the entire thing. Right. So, that for whatever that is, that translates to, like, me, me commenting on the fact that the camera zooms out or is in and out of focus is supposed to subconsciously tell the viewer, like, that that you're you're sort of in on this moment like the camera is acting like your eyes and so yeah. that moment's supposed to feel a little bit more intimate or like you're like you're in, more in the room than you are a fly on the wall but isn't that funny that we'll never be able to judge that because it's supposed to subconsciously affect you yeah so if you never notice those things you're never gonna know if you <laughs> actually feel more intimate or there we can sure. only appreciate it as a like film person who went to film school and knows the techniques you can say i appreciate that they attempted to try and make you feel more like more connected to this moment but you'll never actually know if it worked (laughs) i guess not although (laughs) although in our first impressions i noticed it in like the movie you didn't and didn't you didn't notice that and you didn't like the movie i did notice it and i did like the movie oh okay yeah you're right no there you're right there is a correlation but correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation. I don't know no. if that phrase applies here at all, but I, think, I used yeah, it. I think, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Any other first impressions? Nope. That was pretty much it. Okay. I think so, too. Um, so, yes. Let's dive into second. Second for you, like a hundredth for me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you think? What did you think now? As an adult, oh. rewatching Wally. Ooh. Still not my favorite at all. Okay. Or even right. close. <sighs> Sorry. But oh, boy. I do see what you're saying. I do understand the, like, appreciative value of what's going on in this movie. The, mm-hmm. ju- like, especially the the fact that it is two robots and they're falling in love. And it's funny. The part that I thought was so boring it, the first time watching it is kind of the part I found most interesting this okay. time watching it. Just them two being on Earth. 
There's not a lot of dialogue. Wally's just saying Wally over and over. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting. I really enjoyed that uh-huh. part of the movie. But I don't know. I, for some reason, just feel like there's not a lot of substance to this movie. Especially mm-hmm. in the latter half. It just feels very simple. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what they're going for. I just, I don't know. I still, at mm-hmm. the end of it, kind of feel like that's it. Like, that's it. But, yes. I do appreciate it more than cool. Okay. a, a little high schooler. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, what I, was um, I still love this movie, for sure. But there are a couple of things that... I think maybe I noticed this time around that I'd never really have that. I wouldn't say I dislike them, but they're just, they, they stick out a little bit. Like the fact that the movie does really feel like a first half and a second half. Oh yeah. And they're two very different halves, which again, like I think you said that it's, it's, it seems intentional, but still, still sort of sticks out as two very distinct halves of a movie. Almost. Yeah, almost like two different episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then the thing that that maybe bothered me a little bit the first time I watched it, but didn't really think about it too much, but definitely has bothered me more and more as time goes on, is that there are live action segments of the movie. That's weird. Like there, you know, there are real humans and then there are CG yeah. humans. Yeah, I like still, it seems unnecessary. I, I still don't like that. Yeah, I don't I really don't know what that might add to this like and then the thing that makes it even worse is this idea that (laughs) that it's (laughs) there's like that moment where they pan across all the different captains and it starts live action and And then ends cg CG, right exactly what are we supposed to have become cg animated (laughs) (laughs) it's weird it's that that element of it is i think it's kind of off-putting and i don't feel like it was necessary at all so those two things were in my head like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of strange. But but gosh, all the stuff I said in the first impression I still think is true. The sound design in the first half of the movie is amazing because there is a lack of dialogue. So it's just sound and visual and the way that they tell that story, the way that they get across information, the way that you learn about this little character and, and Eve and their relationship. All that is told visually and with sound and it's just so cool and so impressive. Like... Like, I, I it just, it amazes me that Pixar was able to do that. I really can't see another studio doing that as well as Pixar did here in WALL-E. No. And I just feel like it's got, WALL-E deserves recognition for it, just on that alone. It's just uh, so good and so I cool. wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> one thing I did find, and I kind of hinted, on this is that I really did enjoy Wally and Eve this time around. Yeah. I don't like throughout the whole movie. I really don't enjoy the second half that much, but mm-hmm. just even just, I don't know their relationship and everything they do, how it's so simple, but they're like, and they're just robots, but you can still like connect to that. I, I don't know. It's funny that you asked me my first impression, if that's what was off putting to me. But, <laughs> and that, that's like what drew me to the movie the most the second yeah. time around for sure. But I, it really falls apart for me in the second half, and I don't. It's just like a mishmash of things. It's that there's just a lot going on. It's that they're CGI, and I get it's kind of a commentary on that, like they're alone in the beginning, and it's like this simple thing, and then it's like to juxtapose against what like humans are now, like the differences. And I get that, but I still don't like it. I don't know. 
It's yeah. It it feels too thrown together at the end for me. Mm-hmm. I guess that the the robots down on Earth are acting more human, or get to experience what human life kind of was, and then they go off into space where the humans actually are, and they're like detached and right. isolated and all that stuff. Yeah, I get all that too. It's the same sort of thing. Um, that's not the draw for me. It, it is it is Eve and it's Wally, and the second half of the movie is like, it's just this sort of necessary stuff that to finish off the movie it's like we we get to know the characters we get to see them interact with one another we see that wally loves eve and then eve comes around to wally and by that point we like those characters we're invested with those characters and then we're just sort of like seeing where the rest of the movie takes them as opposed to like that first chunk where it really is it's fascinating and interesting and and you're just hanging on every moment and seeing what's going to happen it's just yeah because yeah, that element of it is so strong that even if the second half isn't that strong, if, in comparison, in this within the same movie, it does. It sticks out like a second half that isn't as strong. Right. And it's yeah. just like what you said. The second half just feels like a necessary portion of a movie, like a, a conclusion you have to have to justify the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I, uh, that kind of ruins the overall, even if the first half is fascinating it still just kind of ruins the overall movie for me yeah the second half is very much like a kid's movie (laughs) for sure you know and the first half is this amazing setup for it but it's just so amazing i still just love that first half of the movie so much i know ah, it's just such impressive animated storytelling to me if they could have fine-tuned the ending and just how everything played out, I think I would have enjoyed it better. Yeah. Because the first half of a movie being really great from a fil- film appreciative standpoint and being fascinating just still doesn't justify like an entire film not being as great. Yeah. There could have been something to the this like what I like so much about Wally is that he's this trash compactor who's got one job, but he's become alone on Earth and he's become this collector. He's become sentimental and romantic and all this stuff. And then for the af- after they set him up, the rest of the movie, he has one goal and it's just to be with Eve. And that's kind of it. He never has to like make a decision beyond like following her onto the axiom. He doesn't really have too much conflict in terms of like what he wants and what he decides to do. There are like things that get in his way and it's like they're like silly little antics, but it would it could have been interesting if Wally had to like choose between saving the people on the Axiom and being with Eve or something like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's not a kid's movie anymore. <laughs> Probably not. You know, like maybe that's tough to convey with a character that doesn't talk, all that kind of a stuff. Like because of this really interesting setup they have, they were sort of stuck with. A, a simple second half. Yeah. Cause they limited themselves, which caused for really great creative work in the beginning. And then sort of standard stuff in the end. Another thing that I don't know how I feel about because I give Wally robot characteristics. Obviously he's a robot and mostly he only says Wally and they, <laughs> they give you the illusion of he only has one job, but he's very human for a robot. 
And yeah. I I understand they're trying to convey that, oh, he's watched these human movies, so that's where he gets his human qualities. But he's super, like, very human by the end. He's He's come to, like, appreciate these things he's finding in trash and acts like he's going to work. And obviously mm-hmm. wants to fall in love with Eve and just all these human characteristics. And I, I don't know how I feel like I get it's a kid's movie. But at the same time, if he's a robot programmed to clean up trash, how did this how did this ever happen? How did he become what he is? <laughs> I don't know. That kind of bu- like bugged me just a little bit in the movie. But at the mm. end, I'll still also well, be like, well, it's a kid's movie. So I get it. <laughs> Oh uh, man, so so in your list of Pixar movies, it's it's pretty low. It's pretty low, I'd say. Okay. It's certainly not Cars level, but good. But still low. Yeah, it's a. Would you put this above Brave? <sighs> I think so. I honestly would like to do Brave just like this again, but probably. I f- I I think Brave. I think we could decimate Brave. Maybe. <laughs> the only reason I'm not sure is just because while I admit brave isn't that great it also is the kind of it's like the thematic elements i enjoy of brave yeah okay but i could honestly see it being below wally because i could totally see us just destroying that movie but yeah it's it's whatever sure i i honestly remember being underwhelmed with that movie just like this one because i remember seeing the trailer Mm. and thinking like oh this is like got the fantasy elements which i enjoy and then what it was was just like Mm-hmm. I I was very disappointed with Brave for sure, yeah. and obviously I really like Wally. So <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and still really do. I I think this movie is always gonna be like a movie that I I very much appreciate. Like the like the animation is, is it's gorgeous and it's I I just there's too much good in the movie for me to ever dislike it on any level. Like even if the second half. I imagine if I keep rewatching it over the years, eventually that second half is going to start to feel more and more like a chore. Despite that, getting there is so enjoyable. Yeah. I just, I still really like the movie. It maybe has come down a peg or two in my list of Pixar movies, but still up there. Yeah. Yeah. I also really enjoy Eve. I think Eve's my favorite more than Wally. Eve's so great. She's so great. <laughs> I yeah. love Eve. She's so great. I love how how those two contrast each other. It's mm-hmm. like uh, just all the small little details in their character designs. Yeah, are so smart and so great. They that I think that's the strength of the movie that they made t- these two great characters and told us everything about them and their relationship with just visuals. Yeah, so cool. I mean, that is the best part of the movie, for sure. Yeah. That's all I really got. Let's head on over to our uh, our Twitter poll for this week. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Here we go. Twitter poll. Who is the best Pixar couple? <laughs> well, before I even tell you the choices, could, do you think you could list a couple choices? Who, which four do you think I picked? Oh, gosh. I don't remember their names, but the couple from Up, and I bet they okay. won. Carl and Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, I picked them. Who else? Oh, I'm just, I, I give up on remembering her name. Buzz and... Uh, Jesse. Jesse, yes. Yes, I picked them. Okay. Oh, uh, Woody and Bo Peep? Are you going to have two Toy Story couples? No. Okay. I, that's the reason I didn't, because I didn't want two of the same, but yeah. yeah. Um, I really hope you didn't pick the Cars couple. No, I didn't. <laughs> Sally and Lightning? No. Yeah. Uh, 
You're missing kind of an obvious one. <laughs> I know, and I, I, I like feel it. I feel that I'm missing it. No, not not even that. Like, like a very obvious one. Like, why did I choose this question? <laughs> oh, yeah, Wally and Eve. There you go. Okay, <laughs> one more. Oh goodness. Um, no, I can't. I, I mean, I'm. I probably could if I thought about it, but I just don't want to waste that much time. Even if you can edit out the time, I don't want to. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I would have got them. Maybe eventually, but. (laughs) So of those four, who do you think won? Carl and Ellie. You are correct. 40% of the vote. Of course. Now. Why would anyone else win? (laughs) The other, there are two other choices that got a good amount of votes. And there's one couple that got no votes. Which couple didn't get any votes? Mr. and Mrs. Incredible. Incorrect. Dang. They got 30% of the vote. So you're telling me Buzz and Jesse didn't get any votes? Buzz and Jesse got no votes. That's insane. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of like at towards the end of the third one, right? No, it happens. Yeah, I guess it happens towards the end of the second a little, and then it's mostly in the third. Yeah, it's just like hinted in the second one, though, right? Yeah, yeah, because they don't really meet till the end of the second one. Yeah, yeah. But still, they didn't get a single vote. It's kind of like what the heck. <laughs> that's what I would have and guessed. Then, no, and then, that's not um, true. Mr. and Mr. Incredible is actually who I would have guessed. So I'm a little surprised. It's true. You would have guessed them to have zero? Yeah. Oh, interesting. They're the incredible couple. <laughs> oh, sorry. My Come bad. <laughs> um and then we got a we got a tweet uh response to this poll from Why Am I Watching This? <laughs> And he responded, Zach and Cody. So, write an option. <laughs> That's awesome. Zach and no. Cody? Zach and Cody. Like as in the sweet life of Zach and Cody? I believe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a Disney show, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Related. Not Pixar. Not but, Pixar, yeah. but on the same track. It's there. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks for for voting and for tweeting thanks for voting and tweeting just dropped my headphones Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh wow all right topic time topic time this week we are talking about quote-unquote silent movies i don't know what i'll call it in the thing it's movies with little to no dialogue (laughs) (laughs) sorry i thought i'd do that for dramatic effect Oh, I, I thought get we were it. Just no dialogue. Gonna, not going to talk for the rest of this podcast. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, just like 15 minutes of silence. <laughs> the occasional dialogue. Exactly. Yeah, and then at the end we'll be like, so what did you think? <laughs> That's good. Okay. So, yeah, just right off the bat, how do you feel about movies with no dialogue? Little to no dialogue. Uh, just like this, if they can pull it off, I think it's incredible. But uh-huh. I think it's really hard to do. And yep. if you don't pull it off, it's really bad. <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. Can you, by any chance, can you name like a random example of like a really bad movie with little to no dialogue? Like a movie that was terrible because they couldn't pull it off? Uh, not off the top of my head. I'm sure I just turned it off. Sure. <laughs> I have to think though. <laughs> so you know this about me. and I'm sure we've mentioned it on the podcast before. I really love Aaron Sorkin's one of my favorite writers, mm-hmm. and he's you know dialogue extraordinaire, or at least that's what he's known for. Um, and I really love his dialogue. I love the 
the snappiness of it, the back and forth, and the rhythm to it. And and because of that, most of the stuff I like is dialogue heavy. I like Joss Whedon because he made the, the Avengers witty and fun and all that stuff. Mm. But so putting that aside, I feel like movies with little little dialogue are better best suited for short film. I would agree with that. And I think I think even that's true for Wally. Like imagine Wally's this spectacular short film. Yeah. You know. Um, but I do agree with you. I think if you can pull it off, it's like a great thing. And there are some movies out there that have done that, you know, little to no dialogue, feature length, great movies. So I think it's possible, but I think it's, I think it's tough. Yeah. And I usually feel like it's indie movies that sure. I'd like they're making a point and trying to be artistic about it. It's not usually the big blockbuster films, obviously. Yeah, that are trying and to do this. Film film critics love it. Film critics love a movie that's very visual, where the, the camera tells the story, and you're not relying on dialogue for exposition or information or or character motivation. Like you can, dialogue can very easily become a, a crutch for screenwriters. So, yeah, critics love a movie with little dialogue. That's mostly visual, and that's why a lot of yeah, like you said, indie movies and and short films, student films, they're all they tend to be little dialogue. Right. And I mean, it makes it just makes sense that film critics would like that because this is the medium that you would at least attempt to do that on. Obviously, you can't can't do it in writing. Mm -hmm. Can't do it on radio. Things can't do it on this podcast. (laughs) So it's unique to film. So. So when utilize it is an impressive feat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you got do you have any that you really enjoy? Other, yes, yes. Wally let's would go. Be on there. Let's go through a little bit of a list. Actually, I guess I could start with maybe one that I think is the best. Yeah, let's try that. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. This is maybe one of the best examples. It's not a pure silent movie because that I, I, silent movies are, are kind of a, they're a whole, a whole other thing. Yeah, right for sure. Because obviously, for the longest time, movies were silent. Yeah, but so that that maybe deserves a whole other topic. But yeah, we're not, we're not talking about those. Yeah, yeah. Little little dialogue. Uh, I think maybe one of the best examples is probably Castaway. Ah, yeah. I would agree. Right? There's not a ton of dialogue in Castaway, if I remember correctly. It's been a while, but there's a lot of just Tom Hanks on an island. (laughs) 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 And it's it's incredible. It's like, in in, in my memory, Castaway is this amazing movie with, with, and you're just watching this guy struggle. Absolutely. It was one of my... I don't know why, but it was one of my like feel good movies. Like when I was sad, I would go watch Castaway. I don't know why. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. It's about a guy alone on an island. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been the score. I love that score, but yeah, I, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I think you have an incredible filmmaker behind the camera, Robert Zemeckis, and an incredible actor on the other side to really sell this. Yeah, you know, like. Like the absence of dialogue in this case is used as a strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just it's one of those movies that's like, even though it's it's very dramatic and it's and it's it's heart wrenching at times. It's so easy to watch because it's so well made. It's got so much good talent. It's like it's easy to watch. Cast away. Do you have one? Do you have a standout? That was my standout. But there you go. <laughs> the rest I have are just ones that I didn't think were that great and. I don't think they pulled it off. Okay. Like what? So how about like The Revenant? Yeah, I didn't love The Revenant. 
Me either. Mm-mm. Did not. And it's full of... It's very, I would say, cinematographic. <laughs> I was trying to use the word Cinematographic. <laughs> but very cinematography heavy. Focus yeah. on just the film, not as much on the dialogue and just the visual visuals. And I didn't like... I didn't think they pulled it off. I thought the story wasn't that great and that the visuals didn't make up for everything that happened in the movie. And I think that's that's really the crutch of the like this style is that you have to be able to pull off your story pretty much purely visually and when you don't it that's where it falls apart at least for me i think i think the lack of dialogue could have worked if if the story was a little different yeah like i I don't think the lack of dialogues would hurt the movie (laughs) which i think is what you were saying like it's just that i i don't think what Leonardo DiCaprio's character was going through was that interesting. Certainly, like compelling at times and very dramatic and very emotional. And he does a he does a great job. Tom Hardy kind of is overdoing it, but Leo <laughs> does a great job. And it's it's certainly captivating to an extent to watch him go through all that stuff. But I just wanted more from more more for that character to struggle with like internally, like more more conflict and more of like decision making that's what i wanted to see it just seems like he has he gets pissed off and then he just wants revenge and yeah. it's boring that's boring to me you know if there was a turning point of some kind for his character that would have been that would have been great but i think that's what i mostly see with these movies and why i end up not liking them is because i think they spend so much time focusing on the visuals they don't spend as much time like refining the story making sure it's the best story possible with that's interesting using very little dialogue because another example i have uh is 2001 a space odyssey and (laughs) i didn't like that one that much either and there's not much Uh talking and Mm. i think it's because you spent the creators just spend so much time focusing on the visuals of it and what they're trying to show visually rather than spending time on what is the best way we can use these visuals to tell a story without having much dialogue? Since yeah, it's an interesting point to that you've that you bring up. Like this this idea that maybe like because there's dialogue scenes in, in an average movie, the director and perhaps the writer, but definitely the director and the actors, they're talking through scenes, they're talking through dialogue, they're talking about character motivation and and what the scene means, what it means for these characters, what they want. All those conversations help building towards this cohesive story. That's that's probably better after it's been worked on than it was just on the page, mm-hmm. you know. And and in a movie with little dialogue, and you're just talking about action set pieces and you know lines of action that were written in the script. Maybe there's less of a conversation about why the character is feeling this way. I mean, I'm sure there there is, but but you know, maybe those conversations are different. And you get different results because of it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And 2001 is an interesting example, too. Because, I mean, I I think that movie, on, on a lot of different levels, is great. But it is not enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would not want to sit through it and watch it. But but I think that it, it does accomplish a lot of really incredible stuff. And, you know, they, oh, everybody talks about the most famous jump cut in all of editing, all of film history. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I get that. But... It's not necessarily like worth sitting through. No. 
I have mixed emotions on 2001. So. <laughs> I don't. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but even like what you were saying about how like you wish there were more decision making and character development in yeah. The Revenant like with Leonardo DiCaprio's character and just how that could, they could have thought through how to do that better visually, but I think they focus too much on just like what the movie looks like. Well, because, yeah. for example, when you have a dialogue-heavy movie, you can just flat out say, here's the decision I'm struggling with, and here's the feelings I have about it. But visually, <laughs> you can, like, yeah. show – you can find some way to visually show this decision that Leonardo is struggling with. Like, even just, like, a path down two roads, one leading to revenge and one not, and then visually showing, like, his emotions. And I feel like this movie doesn't do, do that that well, other than him getting – destroyed by a bear and crying about it we definitely know how he feels about that yeah cert- there's certainly conflict but not necessarily conflict that reflects his internal struggle right that's i just wish the focus was more connecting these visuals with the story that's going on and the best way to do that which mm-hmm. maybe they are and i just don't think they pull it off that well but if they're not i don't know how did you feel about uh gravity i remember liking gravity i think that was one uh-huh. i enjoyed me too. Not a ton of dialogue. I mean, there are, there's definitely conversations in the beginning, mm-hmm. but once she's on her own, there's not a ton. There's one more scene after that, but that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. And I, I that mo- I feel like the cinematography in that movie really does add to in, in the internal struggle, and we feel the way she does because we're there's these long takes in space, and it's it's intense, and it's gripping, and all that stuff adds to it. The lack of dialogue helps add to to what we're feeling as an audience in relation to our main character. And I think these movies are usually best when you have a simplistic plot. Not to like dumb down and say you have this movie has to have like a dumb plot, but it's just since you're so heavily going off visuals, it's easy to her struggle is I've got to survive this. I got to get back to Earth, and then we just have to watch that, like what she struggles with in that sim like that simple idea of just survival yeah and so i think that's why that movie works so well because it's just a very simple idea and then we extrapolate on that simple idea with these amazing visuals and uh, just the shots like you were talking about and i think that's Mm -hmm. how it works best and maybe that's maybe that's a downfall of wally is because the end of wally does feel simple but the end of all, he has a lot of dialogue. Like people mm. do start talking and things do start happening, but it stays that simple, you know, like maybe the plot could have gotten more complex as being added in dialogue. Yeah. And more characters. I don't know. <laughs> did you see drive? I did. Did you like that? I, I don't remember much about the movie, honestly, but I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Yeah, me too. Same here. I think I didn't really know what to expect at all. Yeah. And so it was one of those movie experiences where I'm just like not sure how I'm feeling or what I'm supposed to be feeling or any of that kind of stuff. And so I just spent most of the movie in my head. Yep. So it's definitely one I want to rewatch, but I did not understand the hype. I thought the music was really awesome and a lot of people talked about that and the performances were good, but I just felt like, you know, what's the point? Yeah. I remember it was Ryan Gosling in a cool jacket, and that's yeah. that's it. I think mm-hmm. it speaks to the fact that I don't really remember what happens in that movie at all. That I didn't think it was that great. And I mean, it's a good performance for Ryan Gosling, but the character doesn't show very much range. You mm-hmm. know, 
you know, anybody with a stoic face could have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, uh, maybe there are subtleties that I'm forgetting. It's one to rewatch. Sounds like a podcast movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, just, just generally like, uh, this isn't the case for all of this genre, but how do you feel about like Westerns in general? Westerns with little to no dialogue, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I'd really have to rewatch the good, the bad, and the ugly because I watched. It was one of my dad's favorite, and I saw it when I was much younger. But mm-hmm. I have generally never been a fan of western movies. Okay, just in it's general. it's yeah, it's not my favorite genre either. But I feel like if if one genre owns little dialogue, I think western probably does. Yeah, I think it's like best suited for that. Like it fits the aesthetic. And most of those stories about loners and, mm-hmm. and you know, stuff like that. Like, it, it seems to fit that genre best. Yeah. And The Good and the, ugly, and the Ugly is awesome, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why I don't like Westerns that much. <laughs> maybe. But they typically you, you need some dialogue. Gotta get that dialogue. <laughs> I think overall, the, I just don't think they're my favorite movies. Sure. Because of all the things we've mentioned. Like, if you can pull it off then awesome and i'm impressed yeah. but like castaway is one of my favorite movies ever mm-hmm. but i think it's just i think it's a very difficult thing to point like pull off and that's why i yeah. don't enjoy it as much yeah and say, similarly like because it's difficult to pull off i do really enjoy it when they do yep. it's like it's an impressive feat for sure um but i don't know i'm always down for like something new and different and this doesn't happen that often so when it does I'm I'm definitely interested in, in seeing how they convey this and what they can pull off. You know? Yeah. So I'm on the fence on it as like a genre thing in general. Definitely for short films. Boom. That's great. Short Boom. films. Yeah. That's great for you. Keep doing that. Short, silent films. Mm-hmm. Short, almost completely silent films. It just it's so good for short form. It's it really is. No. Yeah. It's so like groomed for that i don't even know what to call this genre because it's not silent films it's like almost silent films. <laughs> yeah i think the title of this will just be movies with little to no dialogue <laughs> nice that's kind of a mouthful but wally's only one word so it, it'll look fine yeah it'll be fine it'll be fine <laughs> uh, i think that's all i got yeah me too okay let's wrap this up thanks everybody for listening once again we appreciate it thanks for everybody for uh, voting and tweeting and commenting all that good stuff we really appreciate it if you want to keep supporting the show then just keep doing that keep talking about the show keep sharing it with your friends keep talking to us that'll be great uh tune in next week we're going to be talking about the room Ugh, the room in honor <laughs> of the disaster artist so not the amazing academy award-winning film room but the room the terrible movie with <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. So if you want to put yourself through that, watch it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it next week. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See y'all.